Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is the Rooted Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Panetta. And as always, we're downtown in the studio in Salem, Oregon. Uh, and we got a great episode today. But before I get into explaining our episode and our wonderful guests that are here in the room with me in our studio, uh, I always got to give the spiel on on our on our podcast, why we started it, why we started the show, what it's connected to, and, and and why we're doing it. You know, the Rude Leadership Podcast is really just a part of our leadership institute that we have here in town, uh, Groundwork. And uh, Groundwork started a few years ago, and the the goal then was to raise the tide of leaders in our in our community, but it's really turned into something so much more we we believe in and our vision is to be a catalyst for transformational change. And so that's why we're doing everything that we do. That's why we we spend time with so many leaders in our community. We've developed a body of work and curriculum, and it's just really turned into something uh, quite amazing. And part of that, uh, part of becoming an institute is to learn from as many people as we can. And so that's why we have this this podcast, uh, we try to get as many different leaders and individuals um, as possible on to just learn from them and grow together. It's called the Rooted Leadership Podcast, although it's not always just for leaders. Uh, it's really for anybody in life. I think we hit on an array of topics that that are relevant to to everyone. So with that, I want to get into our guest uh, guests, multiple. We have plural guests in the studio. Uh, really excited to have them here. And it's a little bit out of the ordinary of our typical guests that we have. We usually have community leaders, and these two are community leaders, just in a different type of community. It's in one of our high schools, so we have two high school students with us. Uh, that uh, one of them I've known for a couple of years. The other one I met last year when we were doing some filming down at their school on a on a different project. Uh, but we have Brody here and Delaney and uh, Brody. Uh, I met Brody because he plays soccer. And I coach for a soccer club here. I coach and train goalkeepers and Brody is a goalkeeper. So I got to know him there. And I remember one day I was telling him about what I was, what I do for work. And uh, I actually shared a podcast with you before, told you about a class that you've, yeah. you've participated in. We'll have to talk more about that later. And I still remember your response. You're kind of, yeah, it sounds kind of cool. It's kind of, kind of nice. And then, uh, and then it's just fun to see that you've become a part of that. And then Delaney obviously met you last year when we were doing that filming project, mm-hmm. um, and so just it's a it's a pleasure to have both of you in the studio. I think that we can learn a lot from from you, and so all of our listeners, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode and and the things that we're going to get into because I think it's so relevant for for what we see right now in yeah. our world, in yeah. our community, in our schools. Yeah, thanks for having us, Chris. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so I, that was my very brief intro uh, of the two of you. But why don't you uh, introduce yourselves? Who wants to go first? Brody, you want yeah, to take it? I'll go ahead and go first. So uh, my name is Brody Wetzel, and I'm a senior at Sprague High School this year. Um, and I, I'm pretty involved at Sprague. So um, I'm currently Sprague's ASB president this year. I was their ASB sports coordinator last year. So I do a lot of work with kind of school government and um, I'm also a play multiple sports. So, like so, tell, so tell us what AS, a, ASP, ASB, ASB, tell us what that is. Um, that's for. associated student body. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of what the term ASB stands for. So it's like a for. student body president is what? Correct. Okay. Got it. So yeah, yeah I work got with, um, at Sprague How it Works, like each grade has their own individual class officers. Um, and ASB, what they do, um, they just kind of get to oversee all of those kind of grades. So mm-hmm. we get to work with them and um, plan a lot of exciting events and work with a lot of um, our students, which is super cool. But like Chris was saying, I do play soccer. I'm a goalkeeper um, on Sprague's varsity team. I play basketball for Sprague's varsity basketball team. 
Um, I lead a multitude of clubs at Sprague. Um, I kind of work with our unified PE uh, special needs students. Um, I help develop with a kind of a couple other leaders at Sprague, um, a new program called the Peer Mentorship Program, uh, which is something I'm super passionate about that connects um, incoming freshmen who kind of express that they need a mentor. Uh, We have upperclassmen students who they connect with them just to let them know, hey, you've Mm -hmm. got a friend here. So we're really trying to change that culture. And um, I'm thankful to have been a part of that. But that definitely wouldn't have been possible without um, Delaney, who's sitting right next to me. Alrighty. <laughs> Hi guys, my name is Delaney Ware. I'm also a senior at Sprague High School and I've been the ASB vice president for two years now. Um, I'm also pretty involved in Sprague. I kind of dabble in everything, but um, I've been working with Brody since... Dabbler. Yeah, like, <laughs> like freshman, sophomore yeah, year. around that. Yeah. Um, so I've involved myself in some sports. Um, I've gone to like FCA. I'm also in peer-to-peer and in Unified. What's FCA? Um, fellowship of Christian athletes. So ah. it's kind of like a high school Bible study. Wow. Um, I Even also these things exist. Yeah, this yeah, is cool. yeah. Um, and I help run a mental health club called Breaking the Silence. Um, and right now my focus is really on like the freshmen and the younger students at mm. Sprague, just to kind of get them, especially after COVID, like get them settled in high school and teach them how to be a leader. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? That there's you know freshmen in high school. They basically skipped their whole middle school. Absolutely. Right? Like they didn't actually go to middle school. And now all of a sudden they're in high school. Yeah. They yeah. have no idea what they're doing. And I think that's become yeah. pretty evident um, walking through the halls at Sprague. You know, you see some freshmen who, like you said, they didn't have an eighth grade year. So a lot of that's them crazy. are still technically seventh graders and yeah. kind of how they act. But um, it's Sprague's done a great job of kind of like transitioning them into, hey, here's what high school's like. Yeah. Um, so I'm thankful about that. And yeah, it's kind of starting to feel like normal again, yeah. um, which is exciting to say after the last two years that we've all experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's had an impact on the both of you. Yeah. Especially being, you know, outgoing social individuals. Yeah, it was hard. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like going from, you know, you're doing this, you're doing this school, having a jam packed day and then having soccer and basketball practice in the evenings going from that to nothing at all such an abrupt change is Mm -hmm. um i can't speak for delaney but for me personally that was a very hard transition you know being so busy and pouring my time into so much from and kind of going from that to the exact opposite of that was yeah a challenge well back when i used to live in right down the street from sprague till we moved I always saw you running, especially during the pandemic. He's always running up the hill. Yeah. That would be Brody. I'd drive by. Brody. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he'd look at me like, didn't realize who I was. I didn't was. recognize yeah, you for a second. Crazy guy. Like, oh, that's Chris. I know him. <laughs> yeah. 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 What about you, Delaney? What was, I mean, how's it been missing kind of being out of the, the loop? I can't imagine. I mean, I, I was just showing you some of those pictures mm-hmm. of me in high school to help you guys <laughs> see that I, you know. Uh, was once in your shoes and I can't imagine missing, you know, half of my, my high school. No, it was terrible. Especially like Brody and I are very outgoing people and I personally strive on like stress and being busy. I love Mm. being busy. I love having a a million things to do. And so getting involved at such a young age in our high school careers was so beneficial. And then to just have it do a full 180 was crazy. Like, I didn't know what to do with myself, you know, because you can't connect with anyone. Mm-hmm. There's no volunteering. There's no leadership. There's nothing. So it was a big, it was yeah. like two years of just a lot of self-reflecting. Oh, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. And I think we realized, like, the further we got into online learning, the less and less um, students became engaged. Yeah. Um, oh, you terrible. know, doing those Zoom calls, 
at the beginning you're excited, you know, you get to technically quote unquote, see your friends on zoom, but then, you know, you get these blank kind of black zoom screens and yeah, students really didn't have a motive to be there, which yeah. I understand. Yeah. The, just completely different connection. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, school is made up of, you know, the connections, seeing your friends in the halls, seeing your buddies at lunch. And then when that's all taken away from you, you know, yeah, you don't have that, which yeah. you don't realize how important it was and how much you took it for granted until it was taken away from you. Yeah. Well, with this same thread, why don't we, you know, start a, a conversation around, um, cause what I like, you know, the end of this episode to be is, is, um, learning from the both of you about, uh, what you've learned about leadership, what you've learned about overcoming, you know, things that you feel can benefit, not just have helped you now, but will benefit you for, for your lifetime, wherever you, you end up. I think that, that we're going to have this, this short stint in our history of, of, you know, youth, um, that experienced all of this pandemic while they were in high school, that's going to have a lasting impact on you and and what's the positives you can pull from that so that's what i kind of want mm -hmm. this to maybe become about this this episode but start with talking about um the school community uh you know there at sprague and what's important to you about it why does it matter so much to you um for you to want to give so much of yourself because both of the things you listed off uh was of what you're involved in is pretty pretty amazing i was certainly not involved in anything near uh, that when I was your age. So it's, it's impressive. Um, so tell us why the school community matters to you so much and what you envision for it. Well, I think it's just a place of growth. Um, Sprague comes from a, a very, I don't want to say bad, but we do have a bad light on us just that we're like stuck up and we're preppy and we don't care about anyone. And so I think especially being in outward leadership and changing our mindset around it, we saw it as a place of growth and how we can mm -hmm. change it. Not in like Sprague sucks and, you know, oh, we got to make it better. But it was just, it was nice to be able to reflect on where we are as a student body and see where we could go. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. What about you, Brody? Um, I think outward mindset and the outward leadership class definitely through my mindset, my personal mindset for a 180. Um, I know I remember, Chris, when the two of us, um, I was about, about a year or so ago, we were working out together at the courthouse in the morning and you were telling me that you kind of work with outward leadership and you were introducing to kind of what the course was and how it was coming to Sprague. And I remember telling you and I quote, well, I think I'm already outward. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I need to take the class because, you know, I think I'm already outward. Yeah. Um, but boy, was I wrong. You know, stepping into that class, um, I, I quickly understood that I can ex like Delaney was alluding to. I can. There's still so much room for growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think being in a high school leader, um, I think that's a really important thing to understand. Like, uh, we don't have it all together, but we're, we're trying to improve. We're trying to be better as I think the, what I liked about the outward leadership class, because it definitely prepared you for a life post graduation. You know, these are skills that you're learning at such a young age yeah. that you can take really anywhere you go, yeah. which was so valuable to me, you know, being seniors in high school and thinking about well, what do we want to do next with our lives? Mm -hmm. Um, I have the skills now that, I feel like prepared me for whatever challenges may come my way. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I definitely felt like before the class, I was like, oh, I'm set. Like, yeah, like I'm in leadership. Like, oh, we don't need <laughs> this. This is just going to be a, a stupid elective. But yeah. no, I, I think it was one of the most useful classes I've ever taken mm -hmm. in my entire life. And you and I both ran for council freshman year mm -hmm. and we both lost. 
So that just really fueled our drive yeah. as leaders, I think. Mm. So going from like an active, like physical, like leadership role to a more like mental and mm. behavioral like leadership, I think it was really, really beneficial. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's let's break down this change um, in mindset a little bit because uh, I think it's really important because uh, people struggle with it all over the place. Adults, leaders, leading massive organizations struggle with what you both said, uh, the change you experienced. And so I think there's value in, in kind of breaking down what that change was because, you know, I still remember Delaney, by the way, used to come to the gym with me early in the morning. I know. <laughs> and then I realized I need my sleep in the morning. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we were sitting there. I still remember we were in like that uh, extra stretching room doing yeah. some core workout. Yeah. And uh, and I was telling you about it. And because it was right, you know, the class was spreading to Sprague. And yeah. it started at West. And I was telling you about some of the work that we were doing there. And I explained a little bit of outward mindset, you know, the premise of, yeah, you know, that the class is about, you know, what it means to see others as people and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of went off on on just the, the, the basics of it. And that's when you responded, well, yeah, I think that I'm, I think I'm naturally that way. (laughs) And, uh, and I've heard that response, you know, a thousand times from people that I've shared that with. And so I'm never going to say, no, you're not, Yeah, you know, I just, yeah, you know, I, I take, I take your word for it and, 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 and I listen and, 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 uh, and then I just wait till, you know, maybe you have an experience, didn't know you were actually going to take the class. And so when you say that you realize that, that you were wrong, yeah. Tell us about what you realized you were wrong about. Like what what was wrong about that statement in the gym that you made to me of, oh yeah, I'm pretty outward. What what did you realize? What's the change? I think going into leadership before taking the class, I was chasing um, the title of being a leader. Um, I think I was really consumed about, oh, I want to be the ASP president. I want people to see me as this. I was definitely in like a need to be seen as mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I came to an understanding through the class and through the conversations that we had, like, um, there, there's another side to that. Um, I think good leaders don't care about a title, but they care about the work they do. And I think Mr. Trammell, our leadership teacher at Sprague used kind of the, the quote, leadership is a verb, not a noun. It's about what you do, not the title you have. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think being like, like I listed the amount of things that I'm involved in at Sprague, I think that was a really lesson to learn that kind of hit me in the face. Like Mm -hmm. I need to be, I need to devote my time to really caring about the people around me and investing in them rather than worrying about how they can help me grow like my own image, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, this is powerful because those words that you just shared again, you know, there's a, there's people everywhere of all ages, um, adult leaders that need to hear that. Right. Um, and that need to make that, that shift themselves. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that, um, you know, uh, an individual like yourself uh, at the time of being in high school made a realization like that in the middle mm-hmm. of a pandemic, man. Yeah, That's absolutely. Pretty, pretty cool uh, that that happened. Did they any similar experience with you? I wasn't necessarily after the You title. weren't as inward as Brody. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, Brody is so inward. Oh my gosh. Um, I was just excited to get involved. I had always wanted to do leadership in middle school and I never got the opportunity to. So once I was in high school, I was super, super pumped. Um, but yeah, I also came from, I was like, Oh, outward. I don't, I don't need this. Like this is yeah, totally like free period. I don't care. Um, but after like really getting myself involved in the class and like paying attention, it was, it was very enlightening Yeah, because you know, you think you come from this place because initially Sprague leadership was not good. No, it came 
It was filled with more selfish people who... Student leadership. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who would slack off and they would use it just kind of like they would abuse their power. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't see myself that way. So I was like, not word, not for me. Yeah. And then I, I fell in love with it because you feel enlightened and you're like, no, like, there really is more, but you also feel guilty because yeah. for so long you had like had these characteristics and these behaviors that were just a pattern to you. Yeah. And so you kind of have to do a full like mindset, like 180 and you become really self-aware. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it. I would re- recommend it to anyone. Yeah. We get, uh, we kind of become blinded to. Yeah. To yeah. Our, yeah. Uh, You're in the box. You know, you can only see your path, your needs, your goals and objectives rather than the needs, goals and objectives of those around you. And mm-hmm. I think, out the outward leadership class at Sprague really opened my eyes to, hey, there are people around me. It's not just me on my own path. I've got students from all over the map who are going through a variety of things. They matter just as much as I matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to get I want to get to that point. I just want to share one thing with both of you before we get into that, because I want to get into what you what what you said in, in those interviews we were doing when we were filming about the way you want students to feel when they walk mm-hmm. through the doors at Sprague. So I want to come back to that. But before I do. I want to talk about this importance of what outward mindset taught you, right? Um, because I think this is one of the, the most important things that it, it teaches people, anybody, no matter their age, that go through this, the, the, the outward mindset training. And, and similarly, what we do within our leadership institute. And, and I shared with you um, not too long ago, we had Jim Farrell, founder, mm-hmm. one of the, the founders of, of Arbinger, author of the books, and, you know, created a lot of the diagrams that you guys know now. Uh, um, he, uh, you know, he was here, he spoke at our, one of our banquets and we had this episode with him and, and him and I were having this conversation and he shared some things with me. And then internally here at our leadership institute, we've been having conversations about the same principle, but it's so fascinating to me. And it's about this evolution of, of leadership, right? And both of you are in, are in leadership positions. So you might appreciate this sort of perspective, but if you remember your, your social studies courses and learning about ancient history, uh, what do you think? was the most important thing about leaders let's say 200 300 years ago the leaders were typically what what do you think i think they were selfish mm-hmm. um i think they were definitely in the box um <laughs> they were i i i don't know delaney what do you think they saw people as vehicles <laughs> maybe yeah. yeah 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 and and it's hard to say because yeah. you know we don't know them but but largely leaders were were leaders by necessity because of the way that they were physically you know, yeah. 200, 300 years ago, if you were the biggest, strongest person, you were going to lead people because mm-hmm. everybody relied on you for their safety. Um, and so usually there was this trait of being strong and fast and big that made you the leader. You're the toughest person in the yeah. village. Boom. You're the village leader. And and that's changed, right? Because um, after some time, people evolved and and, and you know learned about uh, how to use their resources and people started to use animals to do some of their heavy lifting. And then you you go into industrial revolution and then we have machines and other things that are doing all the hard work. So the leaders that were emerging at that point were the uh, the smartest people in the yeah. room, right? The people that could figure it out, the people that could learn um, and, and uh, problem solve, those were the leaders that emerged. But I think we're in a new kind of evolution for a couple of reasons. The first is that just like we have machines that do all the heavy lifting for us so that the strongest person doesn't have to lead anymore, we also have machines that can figure things out much more efficiently than human beings can, right? Like, I mean, how smart are our cell phones? 
they're pretty smart. And uh, they can figure out a problem for us in a matter of seconds. We can Google something, we get an answer. And so we have technology now that is so advanced, that's way smarter than most of us. Um, and so no longer are the smartest people in the room the ones that are emerging as leaders or that need to be the leader. We have technology that can do that for us. Artificial intelligence, you name it. So we're in this evolution. And I think that it's relevant because you you both talked about the pandemic and everything that that, that caused and just where our world is headed in general, where we're becoming more connected than ever, but also more disconnected than ever. Mm-hmm. And the sort of leaders that are emerging now, which is what I think Outward Mindset taught you, is the sort of leaders that can connect with other human beings, right? Um, that, that have the ability to see other people as people and connect with them. And that's the sort of leaders that, that the world needs right now. And that's the sort of thing that machines or technology can never replace, yeah. right? A machine can never replace human connection. And so the sort of leaders that our world needs, that our schools need, are not the biggest, strongest, smartest people in the room. It's the people that that can connect and see them as people and see others as people, right? The leaders that care about what does a student think when they walk through the doors of Sprague High School? What do they feel when they walk in, right? A machine can't can't, uh, ask that question. So uh, that evolution of leadership, I think, is 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 really important, and I think it connects to what you've learned in, in your outward mindset courses because it's helped you see that connection with other human beings is probably the most important thing that we can we can do as leaders. So, with that, tell 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 me more about when we're thinking about envisioning Sprague. Talk about how it was, but talk about how you envision it. You know, what do you want kids to feel when they walk through the doors? Um, I envision more inclusivity. I don't think, I mean, people say this about Sprague, but I feel like it just comes with any high school. that There's a lot of cliques and a lot of groups. And I mean, I can't sit on my pedestal and be like, oh yeah, like, cause I, I'm, I'm the same way. I have my set group of friends that I hang out with. And after being an outward leadership, it really shows me that I have to venture out there and make more human connection with those around me because it's important. And people want to see that from a leader. No one wants to see some, you know, prissy stuck up leader, you know, who's like volunteering and doing all these things for their community if it's not genuine. Mm. Um, so I just really want people to connect with people they normally wouldn't, but I want it to be genuine. You know, I don't want it to become a behavior or something they have to do off of a checklist. I really want people to just be curious about others. Yeah. Mm. So what you're saying is uh, when you talk about genuine, um, so explain a little bit more about what would be wrong about doing, you know, just doing a checklist. What what does that actually look like? You mean somebody's kind of just being being nice or friendly on the outside? Mm-hmm. Um, t- tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that. Well, I think in our class, we really talked about asking why. Like I can ask Birdie what his favorite color is. I'm pretty sure it's blue, right? Yeah. Yes. But as, blue. Yeah. <laughs> but wondering why it's blue uh. or where what someone's favorite food is, but why is being curious about them. And we do a lot of, um, Oh, what's the word when we ask me to learn me to learn. Yeah. yeah. So you purposely yeah. set time aside to get to know this person. And Brody and I have done a few of those mm-hmm. and I find them super useful because now I don't see him as a vehicle or an object or just yeah. the ASB vice president or president. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. You're okay. No <laughs> but I see him. <laughs> <VP over here>. <laughs> <laughs> but I see him as Brody. That's Brody Wetzel, you yeah. know? Why does he like blue then? Did you find out? <laughs> I don't. That, that's a good, I should probably ask that. Brady, why is blue fa- your favorite color? Is it because it's the Rams colors? You know, I'm going to be honest with you here. My favorite NBA team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
and their oh, their color is blue. Oh, there you go. And you know, my phone case is blue. My my room is blue, and I just like the color blue. That's uh, as right. simple as that. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Now you know. Now I know. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but I get the I get the point here, right? When you to to truly humanize another, you have to exactly. see past see past the mm-hmm. the the facade that a lot of us um, either create within ourselves or the others put on mm-hmm. and we and it, we live in a world where we can really be whatever we want to be online and show what we want to show and so to get past all of that to real human connection is important mm-hmm. and i think that's what you're talking about what about you brody you know my <sighs> what do you want what do you you know what going back to the question of yeah what do you want kids to feel when they walk through the doors and delaney and i have talked about this for a long time you know both being on asbe we've sat down and like, hey, what do we want students to feel when walking into our school? Um, but I think it comes down to just, we want a student to feel accepted, loved, and included. Like they, you know, mm-hmm. I want a student to feel, you know, I belong here. I feel I ex- I'm excited to go to school. Um, yeah. And I think that starts with, like Delaney alluded to, venturing out of our own bubbles um, and connecting with kids. Because there's still a lot of kids at Sprague, you know, who they're sitting alone at lunch, they're walking through the halls alone. So um, trying to start a culture that accepts, you know, walking up to them being curious about them hey how are you doing and like delaney said being genuine when you ask that yeah meaning it looking them in the eyes say hey how are you doing yeah and then asking the follow-up question okay do you need me like and just sitting and hanging out with them i found so so much value in that um and i think as far as shifting a culture to one that's inclusive there isn't an easy fix yeah there's there's not a one-step answer but i think it starts with just creating a culture that cares about the people inside of it yeah I love it. It's so good. For listeners, I'm just going to stop in time right now and just both of you are 17, right? Yes, sir. Correct. These are 17-year-old uh, students um, talking this way. It's really amazing. Um, I wish I could go back to school and be at your school just so I can have, <laughs> you know, uh, leaders like you. It's it's really inspiring. Um, I, think, I think I kept saying when we were recording that video, I was like, Get him a shield, you know, in Captain America when in the, in the Avengers, when you're like, somebody get this man a shield. That's what I want to say to both of you is get you guys a shield to lead us right now because uh, our world needs to hear these things that, that you're saying. It's, it's, thank you. It's uh, really amazing. So, um, what does this solve? You know, like what are the problems that we see in our schools from extreme to not so extreme and all over the country that your perspective? Is, is addressing what does it change to be this way to care about how a student feels when they walk through the doors and to have that care come from fellow student body not just from faculty well i think people are really feeling unsupported and unloved in high school and people are so different and people don't want to see past those differences they they focus on the differences to set them apart mm. and i think especially coming from student leaders not just teachers or admin it shows it's just more genuine. Like I would feel so much better if a student was like, Hey, I want to get to know you than a teacher. Yeah. Cause I know that we're different and I, it's not from like a, an academic, you know, it's more social. It's yeah. like a social, like social love, I guess. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm really struggling with this question, no. but it's great. But just highlighting student achievements. We've done um, a lot of like interviews with sports teams mm-hmm. and the bowling team and things like that. And those students feel so loved, especially knowing that Brady and I wanted to do that and not admin. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So, it comes it comes from you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I got 160 in bowling the other day. You did? Hey, yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
on my birthday. I have to use the ramp when I bowl. (laughs) And bumpers. The bumpers, the blowout bumpers. (laughs) Yeah. The the drop ramp. Yeah. (laughs) Now that, I think, I think you're answering the question, right? Because the feeling of being excluded or not seen or not, uh, the word you said, uh, I think you said alone or, Mm -hmm. or, or isolated, um, those are things that students have suffered with for decades, right? In mm-hmm. high school. Um, and they can lead to larger problems, right? Um, they can lead to, to, to extreme situations where, um, you know, we see, we see awful things happen or hear about in the news, even in our own community, in our own schools. And so, but it's, so it's STEM. So that, that's what I was hoping you'd get at is, mm-hmm. is the way that you see your school and what you want it to be is addressing those problems. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a fine, Oh, I'm so sorry. There's a fine line between being like selfish and self-focused. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of gets blurred. Um, so like people in high school are just more self-focused. They're not necessarily selfish, but I think approaching others and your behaviors from an outward mindset will, will really set you apart from everyone else, not above, but set you apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what I really like about, uh, both of the way you've explained how you envision and what you want the school to be like is, as you said, it's coming from you. It's not coming from yeah. faculty or staff because I've worked with a, I've had, I've had the ability to work with a lot of uh, administration in, in the district and I'm by no means a, an education expert, but I sit in a lot of these meetings and it's a lot of adults trying to figure out how to fix problems that are youth's problems. Mm-hmm. They're your problems to fix. You know who the best one to fix those problems are? The it's students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The students. Absolutely. And so I love, I love that because that's what you're, you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool. Brody, what do you think? Same, same thoughts of what, what are you addressing? What are the problems that you're addressing by envisioning a school where, where people feel seen and cared about and loved? Yeah. I mean, I think back to Delaney and I's freshman year of high school um, at the beginning of the year. You know, we unfortunately had two students take their lives because they just didn't feel like seen and loved at school. Um, so that's that's something that really stuck with me. And I kind of went down the path of self-reflection and thinking like, I don't want any student inside our school to ever feel like that again, to where they feel like they have no outlet or no way out, feel like they have no one they can lean on during a time where they're struggling. Um, so that's kind of what's been fueling a lot of my passion because, you know, I don't want kids to feel like that. And I don't know if there's a different way to say it, but I think that that is what started our peer mentorship program at Sprague is there are students in our school. And this isn't just Sprague, but this is around Mm -hmm. the country that students are hurting. And I think now more than ever with the chaos that's going on around us, students are hurting. Um, And I think while it's valuable for a teacher to kind of check in on students, I think having that student to student connection just means a bit more. You can tell that, it, it just means more. So I'm thankful that um, at Sprague, a lot of our leadership program is student ran. Um, and it's been super exciting to kind of see the results of that um, this year and last year. Yeah. Yeah. Really amazing. Thanks for, thanks for sharing this. It's, uh, it's inspiring because, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that don't go right in the world, um, in our families, our organizations, our communities, but it's always inspiring to hear that there's pockets things are are going right or at least people are wanting them to go right in this way you mm-hmm. know um, i hope that anybody listening um is feeling the same amount of uh uh hope and 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 inspiration in our world that we have a 
you know, some high school students that are, that are, that feel this way and think this way. Because again, I, I certainly was not, um, I think I was self-focused and selfish in high school. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the value in the outward leadership class, because again, like I alluded to that, I was the same as you in the sense I was very self-focused as a freshman and throughout middle school and going to high school, I was worried about, you know, do I have the coolest shoes? Um, do I have the nicest clothes? But I think my mindset just changed to something bigger than that. Um, I have a desire to impact. I want to create change. Yeah. I'm going to think it's just, it's just cool. The the work that we get to do at Sprague is just cool. And I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, um, goes into, to creating change? I think a lot of it starts with a genuine passion to do it. Um, I think it's easy to tell when someone's genuine and someone, someone's not genuine. Mm. Um, so I think having that foundation of, Hey, I want to do this. I think that's where a lot of it starts. I think having accountability, having someone um, who continues to push you, having a mentor um, who you can lean on and who, and who continues pushing you towards that goal. Um, I know Delaney and I both have people in our life and teachers at Sprague who they've been those people for us who kind of keep us on track, um, Mm -hmm. who keep us directed towards kind of the goals that we've talked about here, kind of creating this culture at Sprague that's inclusive, that's welcoming for every single student. Mm -hmm. Um, I think having that passion to do that and then having the accountability and will to follow through on it, not just set the goal so other people can see that you set the goal, but actually following through on it and saying, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And that's where, that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The self kind of desire and motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and, and while I love it, it, the, the challenge there is that it can only come from, from you, right? Nobody can force you to, because yeah, then it's just a behavior, you know, mm-hmm. like little Lenny was saying, then it's just a checkbox, a, a box you're checking on a list so that you've done this and that other people see that you've done it. That's not real change. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how do you, so Delaney, maybe you can take this one. How do you, how do you help people want that change? Like if you're talking to 17 year old Chris right now, who really, <laughs> only, who really only cared about himself, um, really absorbed in, in what I was doing you know, from sports, I had all sorts of things I'm dealing with addiction and other things. I mean, what are you going to tell me that's going to help me to kind of step outside myself? Sounds hard. And Brody's explanation was perfect. But um, I think it really just, it's based upon choice. If you want to create change, you will. If you don't, then you don't. Uh And I think Brody and I really wanted to. And once you kind of step foot into that, you know, you get your, you you know, you tap your toes in the water you get this this urge and this craving to just spread happiness and mm. kindness. And I mean, I, I have to self-check, you know, if I'm in the box or if I'm being inward, but you really just, you get this craving yeah. for wanting to spread joy yeah. and togetherness. I mean, it's really up to yeah. you. Because there, there are people that we've tried to, you know, encourage yeah. and they just, they don't want to. And mm-hmm. you can't control that. Yeah, it's hard to describe, but like, the feeling that you get from, you know, helping someone else mm-hmm. and supporting someone else for me. And I'm sure Delaney would say the same. That feeling is far above any personal um, achievement that I could mm-hmm. that I would ever receive. One thousand percent. You know, making yeah. change. I would take that any time over a personal recognition. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I think that uh, that's really good. And Delaney, I think you answered it when you said it comes down to choice. Because um, one of the most empowering things that I think we can do for others, especially that leaders can do for others, 
is we help them understand their power of choice that they have, mm-hmm. that they have the ability to choose those things. Um, and so I think that what you said, well, although my question quite difficult to say, how are you going to change this, <laughs> this, this 17 year old version of Chris that was kind of a, you know, an, an arrogant jerk and I'm probably still an arrogant jerk, but, <laughs> but uh, you said it comes down to choice. Um, because I didn't know that I had that choice that I could, that I could change that fundamentally and that it would impact everything, you know, around me. And I think that this power of choice is is so important. And that's what that's what Outward Mindset talks about is that we get to choose the way that we see. Nobody forces us. Nobody puts us in a in pigeon puts us in a little hole that says that these are the only things that you can choose. That's a super empowering thing to help somebody understand that they have the ability to choose. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what that's what leadership is, mm-hmm. is we inspire people to choose well, to make the right choice. Um, and and we do that first and foremost by modeling it mm-hmm. that we can make that change that that we made the decision there's there's nothing there's few things more motivating to me than somebody in my life a leader who who first considered themselves how they could change before they came to me because mm-hmm. that's genuine it's real right if somebody comes to me and says hey chris you should try this out but i know that they don't really eat that either they don't mm-hmm. they don't eat their own medicine and they don't do it mm-hmm. then it's kind of it kind of is it's, it doesn't mean anything to me, you know? Right. And, and if, and, or if they are like, Hey, I'm amazing. So just be like me. I'm amazing. They also put that out of reach because mm-hmm. I have met some people in my life. That's like, man, you have it. So everything's so together and, and you're not showing any weakness here and it puts it out of reach. Um, and so there's something about the leader or the person that's wanting to create change that, that does it first themselves, but then is still able to relate to others, right. To relate mm-hmm. to the struggles um, that, that helps others want to get on that same boat of change. Um, in fact, I was thinking the other day about toddlers. Do any of you have like little siblings? No, no. Oh, oh, I thought, no, I'm the youngest. I wasn't going to ask if you have kids. That's what I thought you were yeah. going for for a second. <laughs> no. And no. I was like, no, I'm, not gonna ask you I'm you 17. <laughs> <laughs> but you've had, you have younger siblings or nieces, nephews, cousins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you've seen toddlers like interact with each other, right? Yeah. Seen, you've seen like a three-year-old interact mm-hmm. with like a three-and-a-half-year-old or a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. They're always really fascinated, and I have toddlers right now. And so if you see like a three-year-old that's interacting with another three-year-old, but a little older, because yeah. toddlers grow so fast, they're fascinated because they're like, that that kid, that baby, that like that toddler looks the same as me, but they're doing things that I can't do yet. Because mm-hmm. uh, toddlers don't get fascinated watching you. Because yeah. you're like way out of reach for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get fascinated by watching somebody that's super close to them, mm-hmm. but is a little bit more advanced. Like they can yeah. say a few more words or they can do a few more things coordination wise. And I think that there's something to that because it, it, it enthralls them. It like captivates them because they feel like I can do that. It's not out of reach mm-hmm. for me. Um, versus if, if you came to them and you started to speak spit off some algebra they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> yeah. be like oh you know a toddler's not gonna be enthralled by that right right but they're enthralled like if i'm a toddler and i don't quite know how to you know jump in the air mm-hmm. like i have a two-year-old and she's barely learning to jump but i can see another three-year-old that's like just older than me jump and yeah. i'm like so captivated and i think we're the same way so if you come to if you come to somebody that that needs to make that jump and you put yourself out of reach and you're like the the teenager trying to teach algebra to a three-year-old, yeah. they're not going to get any, they're not going to be enthralled. They're not going to be captivated. 
But if you can put it within reach by showing I'm the same as you, yeah, and this is how this is how I have changed a little bit, puts it within reach. That's why you notice that a lot of the stories you hear in the outward mindset curriculum, mm-hmm. they're what kind of stories? Like, does your teacher share wonderful stories about how awesome he is? No. Oh no. He shares stories about his yeah. his mistakes, right? Yeah. Because it puts it within reach for you. If you were to just say. Hey, I'm so amazing. I'm outward all the time. I never make mistakes. I always see people as people. Mm-hmm. People couldn't relate to that. Nobody would relate yeah. to it. And you wouldn't like the class. Yeah. You mm-hmm. wouldn't feel within reach. But because he shares, here's the mistakes that I made. Here's mm-hmm. how I see my my kids or my my wife or my friends or my colleagues this way. And here's what I realized I can do different. It captivates you because it realizes I can do that too. Mm-hmm. And so I think that those that are in our schools um, that are like me, that need to change, they need to keep seeing what you guys are modeling that we're here. Mm-hmm. We're on the same page. We're on, we're, we're in the school together. We have different backgrounds and different families, different lives, but you're within reach for them. Yeah. And it's, it's been cool to see. I've had the pleasure of like sitting in on some of this year's outward leadership classes. I'm not taking the class myself, but I have a release period during one of the classes. So it's, I've at the beginning of the the year, you know, you see kids who aren't necessarily buying into the the course, you know, they're, sitting in the back of the class, they're not really engaged. They're not kind of listening to what is being talked about, but it's been exciting as we've gone further and further, seeing them, students become more engaged on the material, getting to see that, Hey, this means something to them. Um, that's what I meant. Like this course is so applicable to us as teenagers in high school, in the world that we're in right now. That's why I love it so much because, you know, it it's just so useful and it's cool. Like I was saying, seeing kids, dive into that. Yeah. Like having the material, having a similar impact on them that it had on me Mm -hmm. is cool because then you, you realize just how much good it can do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that you said that Delaney about, um, choice because that's what it comes down to. And, and people that are creating change, all they're trying to do is just help people choose well. Yeah. And they can only do that by, by themselves. Right. having to choose well and making the right choice every day. Um, and we keep it within reach with others when we relate to them, when mm-hmm. we share the times that we didn't choose so well <laughs> and the times that we made, we made a wrong choice and that we, we screwed up. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, what you started with, what both of you started with, you know, Brody, by you saying, and I realized I was wrong. Yeah. That, that puts it within reach, right? right? Um, it puts it within reach for people. Uh, and I think that's also beneficial too with Delaney and I being, leaders on like ASB, mm-hmm. you know, people can often view us as for some odd reason, like a step above them, but we've, we're not. Um, and I think we're mm-hmm. trying to create a culture where students feel comfortable coming to us as leaders. And I think like you're mentioning, being on that same level and letting them know, like Delaney and I, we don't have it all together. We're still, no, God, no. yeah, I know <laughs> we're, we're still figuring stuff out. But I think when trying to change a school culture, yeah, creating that space to where you can come to us and kind of we can work through that together oh, it's, yeah. it's been cool chris going off of what you were saying is just showing vulnerability and i think yeah. it doesn't come as a surprise for you and i brody but people view us as like goody goodies who have it all together you know we're yeah. involved and you know we have nicer clothes and you know we look put together yeah. and people don't see that like we are vulnerable and i think if we highlight that especially mm. to other people they'll connect with us because I have issues. Everyone has issues, yeah. but I'm not going to talk about them. But I think if I highlight them, people will be like, okay, I can talk to her. And there was a project that we worked on in Outward. It was the Heart of War paper. Yeah. Where it was something that you're really struggling with. And that really kind of set 
my thoughts into motion mm-hmm. on how I want to view not only myself, but others. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody um, has a story to tell. One of my favorite quotes is from Henry Longfellow. He said, uh, this won't be word for word, but somewhere, this is pretty close. He said, uh, if we could read the secret history and story of even our greatest enemies, we would find in them enough pain and sorrow to disarm all of our hostility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it doesn't matter if we look together, like we have it put together on the outside or not. Everybody has a secret history of things that they struggle with. Everybody has insecurities. Everybody has struggles and challenges. And we don't spend enough time um, talking about those with, with others because uh, we put on the, the show of what mm-hmm. we want mm-hmm. to be seen yeah. as. And, uh, and that creates further, more disconnection. There's certainly a time and a place. We shouldn't just go around everywhere and be like, look at all my problems, right? Mm-hmm. Because that can also be turned into, hey, yeah. see me as somebody yeah, yeah. and I want attention. Yeah. So it comes down to that. You've said these terms throughout the day. You talked about genuineness. You've talked mm-hmm. about authenticity. Um, you've talked about vulnerability. There's a recipe out there. Like if we're making, a, making our favorite uh, milkshake, like those <laughs> are the things Right. If we're making our, yeah. our leadership and change milkshakes, those are the stuff we got to throw in there. Mm-hmm. We got to throw some genuineness in there. We got to throw authenticity. We got to throw vulnerability. Um, but we got to also throw confidence and strength in there, mm-hmm. humility. Uh, and then you mix it up and that's what you, you have for leadership. So you can't just throw all just one ingredient. Yeah. Right. You can't just throw the protein powder in a milkshake. Hell yeah. You, just, <laughs> you ain't going to have no milkshake. It's just no. protein powder. Right. Uh, and so you said so many important things. Um, that uh, I'll be honest, are the same principles that we spend our time here at Groundwork teaching leaders that have been leading for decades in our community. Um, adult leaders that have been in the business for a long time that are seasoned, we're still reemphasizing those same principles. Uh, so they never go away. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always going to be relevant. So I love that you got, you're you hitting on all of these things. This, this, is, this is fun. Um, so... Uh, with our last 10 or so minutes, I want to kind of just finish off by talking about, uh, you know, we talked about your school a lot and I've mentioned kind of bigger picture of what we do in the community, but what do these things mean for you personally going forward into your life, becoming professionals, college students, you know, getting careers one day, whatever your path is, uh, being in relationships, having kids if you want to, you know, whatever the case is. How do all of these things translate to that for you personally, but then also beyond that, how do these, why do these things matter um, in our world? What does our world need from, from, from this? They're pointing to each other, just listeners, you know, they're like, you take it. (laughs) I think Delaney will win this one, man. You better, you better take it, Brody. Yeah. So I think for me, I want to, I'm pretty set on, I want to become a teacher when I'm older. Um, So I want to go into a career of education. Um, I'd like to be in a high school. And I think, you know, I've had a lot of teachers in my life who've, you know, taken the time to sit down with me and, you know, tell me, hey, like, let, let's figure this out. Because like I alluded to earlier in the, in, in the show, as a freshman in high school, I did not have it all figured out. Um, I was definitely kind of that looking for self-satisfaction and, you know, finding validation through the new shoes and the new sweatshirt and whatever the drip drip. yeah i was trying i was trying to find that but (laughs) i think the the fit fit. yeah but i think wanting to go in a career of education 
this mindset of seeing people as people. Um, I think what I really love from Arbinger is how your mindset drives change and how it drives results. Um, and I think creating that space in a potential classroom where every, you know, like I alluded to, I want every student to feel accepted. I want every student to feel like they have a space to go to when they're not feeling okay. Um, I think that's the goal of my career in education, you know, creating that space and working with the people around me to do that. Hmm. And Delaney, what do you think? Gosh, that's that's a tough act to follow. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Delaney, I think you, we should just end it. You could have went first. <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't know what to say. So I was like, oh, everybody just take it. And I regret it because I was really good. Um, I don't know. I really struggle with this because I don't, I don't know. I, I'm going to Boise and I'm studying business. Boise and, State? Yep. Go Broncos. Um, and I plan on being like a real estate agent or going into business. Mm. And so, I Love mean, th- both of those career fields are very self-focused. So there's not a lot of genuine connection in those fields. So I think by taking my mindset and my behaviors into those fields, it'll change. But not only like myself, but like connecting with others. Like if I could right. shout to take outward leadership on a rooftop, I totally would. Like after this, I might just go off to the... Go up we, the might, we might go upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really struggle with this. I just, I feel like the more people that take this class, the better the world will be. Yeah. I just, people really need to self-reflect. You know, um, our benefactor, which means the person that makes all this possible, pays all of us here, um, the philanthropist that does all of this, that built C-Tech, that made mm-hmm. it possible for you know, for us to do this outward mindset in schools and all these other things. He started out in business and real estate. Uh, you're lying, really? That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's what he still does. All of his real estate and it's grown and yeah. And uh, now he spends his time giving back. Yeah. Um, so one thing I've learned from working from him is that you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. Damn, I want to get that tatted on me. That's deep. <laughs> uh, so, um, so I think that no matter where you end up and and what you do, um, that you'll find a way to mm-hmm. to have an impact wherever you're at. You know what we do with our leaders in our institute as well as we 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 have them uh, define their why. Mm-hmm. You know, and we bring them through a process of what is your why? Why do you exist? What's your purpose? Yes, we bring them through this this filter, basically, this funnel of having them consider what are key things to your identity? What are you passionate about? What are you persistent about? And then we have them define and write out their why in 15 to 20 words. Um, And so I encourage you to do that exercise. It's really important to to have that, especially at a a younger age. It gives you direction. When you have a why, it justifies your effort every day. So it'll justify your effort one day when you go to Boise, when you're getting into real estate, when you're getting into business. Your why will justify the reason why you're doing all those st- all mm-hmm. those things, and s- unfortunately, some people's why is to get all the money, get all the fame, mm-hmm. get all the fortune, um, which I've never found leads to to ultimate happiness. Happiness, no. right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's certainly, it's nice to have all yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we're not naive. It's nice to have money and 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 wealth, but that's not how you that's not how you uh, no. make your life. It's by what you give, right? Um, yeah, you make your living by what you get. Uh, so having your why is so important. And so I would encourage you to, if you don't already have it to, to get it and write it down and then keep it and, and let it change over the years as you change, as you learn and you grow. Um, 
but knowing your purpose and why you exist, uh, I think is incredibly valuable and something that far too many people haven't taken the time to, to consider or do. Yeah. Do you, if you have one, do you got one Delaney 15 words or less? Oh, no idea. I'm a lot less organized than Brody. So I just kind of, I, I, every day is, is a step. So I don't know. I don't have any. Brody, you got one? You got a why? I think I do. Um, Give it a try, man. And I mean, I, I've touched on this throughout the episode, but I think I just, I have a heart to connect with people mm-hmm. um, and to make every person I connect with feel like they matter. Mm. Um and I think that's what's driving me towards a career in education because I just, I enjoy being around others and, and just yeah. spreading happiness. I'm not sure why kind of what alluded to that, but I, it's just a feeling I get doing that is far above anything else I, yeah. anything else I do. So making connection with pe- people and being genuine when I do it, yeah. um, that's what excites me about a hopeful long career in a classroom. Yeah. Preach. That's great. Love it, man. Uh, I think uh, I'll make sure that my kids are, yeah, thank you and are, <laughs> come, are your students, man. Yes, sir. Uh, no, that's awesome. And you know, what's, what's good about having um, a why or a purpose is it doesn't matter what we, what we end up doing. It'll direct us for sure. But you could be a, a teacher, a real estate agent, a janitor, a lawyer, a, whatever the case is, a doctor. Um, and our why shouldn't change. It should still be the same thing, right? Um, and so yours sounds like it's really powerful, man. You yeah. could you mm-hmm. could take that and it'll apply no matter what you do for work, yeah. no matter what you do with your life, no matter what kind of family dynamics you have. Um, that why will stay consistent. So thanks for thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so last last big question. Um, each of you, you know, answer this uh, paragraph or so. Okay, you ready for it? Yes, sir. So what's the big world application here? What's wrong with our world? What's not going well that these principles that you've been wrestling with in over the last couple of years can address and has have the potential to change? Yeah. Big, big picture here. Yeah. Um, I think the first word that pops into my head when you ask that question is accountability. Um, I think leaders, not not all leaders, but some in our world today, they don't have accountability. I think they're they're driven by their own success um they're driven by their their own results and trying to achieve those but i think what's been valuable for me and delaney is having that person in our life who lets us see there's a bigger picture mm-hmm. um and i think in our world today when delaney and i are going into college and college level leadership i think is having that accountability and having that person who you can lean on and mm-hmm. kind of a, a mentor um you could say so yeah. i don't know delaney what do you think now, I think mentors are are huge. They're yeah. important. I mean, they change our. They are huge in, in changing our lives. Yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't be where I'm at or, or be the person I am today without mentors. So it's important to have those people and in our lives. I think I've done a lot of self reflection because my natural instinct is when I have a lot going on or when I feel like I need help, I just have to do it all myself, and I just mm-hmm. kind of pack a lot of stuff in. But lately, I've been finding more and more success, and you know, leaning on the people around me, mm-hmm. um, and letting other people help me through what I'm going through. Um, that's empowered me to, you know, be a better leader um, mm-hmm. is empowering those around me to help me when I lead. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's great. Love it. Delaney, what do you think? Ooh, accountability was really good. Honestly, I would just say being self-aware and being vulnerable 
Um, I definitely struggle with putting up the facade, you know, acting like I'm okay. Um, you know, being one person on social media and being another in real life. And so it really helps me like just taking a step back and being like, no, Delaney, you need to sit and you need to reflect on this. So I think if more people were more self-aware of Mm. what they do that do to themselves as well as others, I think it'll help people connect Mm -hmm. because I think if people, especially like recognizing people's boxes, because I didn't know what mine was. And then, you know, I go into outward leadership and I'm like, oh, it's like scary accurate. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) So yeah, I think just people really being self-aware and acknowledging their flaws, but also their like, um, good attributes about themselves. Yeah. Now I love that. I think it comes down to, um, understanding ourselves, um, at a really deep level, uh, understanding others at mm-hmm. a really deep level. And then the most important piece, which I think sometimes we forget is understanding the space between us and others. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the space between us? What's the relationship between us? Um, because at the end of the day, that's what both of us feel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I think you're a person, but you don't think that and you don't feel that, then it doesn't really matter if I think he's a person or see him as a person or not, because mm-hmm. what he feels is something different. And so the space between us is that third step. If I had to put it in steps, understand ourselves deeply, understand others deeply, but then we have to understand the space between us deeply mm-hmm. and work to cultivate that, um, work to change that. Um, because that's where everything is manifested is in the space between I could, I could work to, I could work to understand myself for my whole life and understand others for my entire life, but it's all manifested through the space between that's where relationships happen. That's where ideas happen. That's where conflict happens. Um, that's where everything happens is in the space between us. Um, and so that's, I think the third most important thing, uh, well, that is the most important thing, but that third step in that, that, uh, that process. And I think you're both highlighting, highlighting that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another cool thing about like going into a new leadership with Delaney and I going into colleges and I've learned this over time is instead of, you know, I often await for change to happen. You know, when there's a problem, I I'll be one to, you know, sit back and you know, someone else is going to solve this. Mm -hmm. But I think as upcoming leaders, it's important to understand like, instead of waiting for the problem to be solved, let's just go out and solve it. Having mm-hmm. that drive to like, if the, if change needs to be made, let's go make the change. Mm-hmm. And I think understanding and embracing that going into a new level of college leadership and finishing out this year at our, at Sprague, that's an important realization because that's where a lot of work can be done is that drive of like, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. I'm going to help change our school culture. I'm going to make sure every student feels accepted and feels loved in our school. Yeah. I think that, that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And working through the adversity and the, the potential failure or, or, uh, challenges that get in the way, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, as you know, it's, as you know, it's never as easy as, as we espouse it or make it up to be. Um, well to end in light of, uh, you know, being vulnerable and, and, uh, and being leaders, what's, uh, you know, let's end on a fun note. What's something that, uh, that, uh, nobody really knows about you that you could share on a on a podcast that anyone anywhere can listen to <laughs> oh no delaney you're starting delaney oh, you're starting this one he says on I, I, there's so many things i don't know how deep we're gonna get i don't know oh. i'm like oh i'm struggling do you want me to go yeah please 
Um, I think something that I struggle with is, I think this is really came to light, you know, in the college process of selecting, Hey, what do I want my future to look like? Uh Um, I'm someone who I am a planner. I have my checklist. I have my calendar. I just like to stay organized and lately realizing with, you know, college admissions, like feeling like I don't have a grasp on my future. Hmm. That's something that's really been eating at me lately is like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm not sure where I'm going to go to college. Yeah. So trying to navigate, Hey, the uncertainty, the, the uncertainty, that's something, you know, being someone who likes to have everything all together and now not being able to do that. That's hmm. been a transition for me, but just trying to take a step back and realize that there, there's a plan here yeah. and it's, it's going to work out, but yeah. that's been a hard come to terms moment for me. Yeah. Well, if you solve it, let me know. Absolutely. You'll be the first to know. Bro. I was, that was pretty deep. I was just expecting something kind of funny or something. I don't know. That, that was the first thing so. on my mind. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. No, now good. I don't know if I should end on a fun note or a it could serious be fun note. Or serious. You choose. Mm. <laughs> oh God. There's so many choices. Um, okay, fine. I'll end on a fun note. Um, I used to do like martial arts fighting. Yeah. Um, wow. She did impact at the courthouse. I did not oh. do impact at the courthouse. I thought you didn't know. Tell us what you did then. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was, it's a sport called Kaju Kenbo. Okay. So it's a mix of karate, jujitsu, boxing, and kenpo. Wow. And I did it for like two and a half, three years. Um, and Mr. Trammell, I, oh, he brings it up whenever he gets that's a our, chance. That's our outward leadership teacher at Sprague, uh, And I hate it because it was like my fun little secret, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I haven't done it in a while, so I'm terribly rusty, but um, he loves bringing it up. I'm like, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to beat you up. So. But. Don't get in a fight with Delaney. Yeah, don't get in yeah. a fight with yeah. Delaney. That's it. <laughs> no, that's like a fun secret that not a lot of people know about yeah, me. Right. Well, Do we get to know what belt you have? No, no, I'm keeping okay. that one in. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the message of the episode today is that Delaney can beat you up. So yeah. here we go. If yeah. you remember anything from this show, that's And it. scene. Yep. <laughs> Delaney can beat you up. Yeah. No, uh, I appreciate both of you um, joining us um, and coming in. This has been really fun. Yeah. Uh, I think that we we hit on a lot of relevant topics, even though we've talked about um, the experience of of uh, obviously two high school kids, and probably majority of our listeners are 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 not in high school anymore. Perhaps you know this episode can change change some of that, and we'll have some some um, some younger generations listening to these things. I think anybody can benefit from them. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate. Uh, both of you sharing uh, the level of self-awareness that you both have um, and the level of accountability that you both have are just uh, really inspiring, actually really motivating. So um, I'll be recommending this episode to a lot of different, different people. And, and, yeah. uh, and I hope that there were, that people that need to hear it will hear it. I certainly needed to hear it today. So thank you both. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank I mean, so this is the highlight of my week, you know, getting to oh, talk seriously. about outward mindset and kind of real life stuff. That was super cool. So thanks for having us, Chris. Yeah. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Delaney. All right, everyone. A uh, lot to think about. Uh, you listeners, whether you're a returning listener or new listener, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, keep listening to our stuff and uh, making a difference out there. Until then, be safe.